0: Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner and this is my podcast where I chat with the World Wide Web people. This week's friend is a very cool musician and performer who I was very lucky to have on to inquire about how he got his musician chops, how he lives that L.A. lifestyle, how he takes cool nature photographies, living the Brand Van 3000 song Surfing in L.A., I'm talking, of course, about Kifo Nielsen at Kifo Nielsen. You got to go check out his performances, linked in the show notes, and I'll bet you'll be interested to hear. This was a very nice conversation, and I hope you enjoy Friends of the Show, episode 76 with Kifo Nielsen.
1: pretty good. cool. Uh, does that come through too? I'm just making sure everything is. Yeah, that sounds great. Great. It's all plugged into my mixer, you know, and sometimes, oh, it, sweet. Does, That's sometimes great... it does weird things, is all. Uh, and Sometimes what about the bass what about the drums really what is...
0: <laughs> can we get a test uh, what about the triangle
1: how does that sound ding ding oh, ding triangles downstairs man I can't, I can't
0: man you don't have the triangle set
1: up uh, no. i actually i do have a i have a kalimba
0: oh that's the thumb one right <laughs> that's the thumb one yeah. <laughs> that's awesome oh i love cool musical instruments i love all like uh, studios that have like things you just like grab off the wall and start messing around with
1: that's literally the only one that's (laughs) it i'm just (laughs) like
0: when you pulled out when you just appeared appeared with the kalimba i was like oh just started imagining what room you're in (laughs) it's just
1: like i I, I have this flute this wood flute that i don't know how to play but i can't make a sound out of it so i don't even know well you can
0: definitely tell that that is a flute we can definitely we can definitely tell that you do not know how to play it we so where did you get the uh where'd you get the flute where'd you get the kalimba let's get some history on these instruments
1: uh i think uh the kalimba was i think just like a christmas gift or something like a stocking stuffer type of thing or or maybe a birthday present just like random right you know when you're uh, a musician
0: people are like yeah, uh, what people are we get gonna get them uh, let's just go to the music store and pick something the,
1: the flute is a kind of better story though because that was um my high school art teacher i didn't even have a class with it. i went to a very small high school that was just like everyone kind of knew everyone there like it was a, like just really small vibe but um uh, my high school art teacher basically like it was maybe like the year after high school had a party like a get together with some alumni i guess and it was a small gathering of people at his place dinner and then he wanted to show off some slide like a slideshow like a photo slideshow it was very kind of an odd evening and then he also wanted to do an archery demonstration because he had been practicing Zen archery.
0: <laughs> I was, was like, very, it didn't, doesn't sound too, too weird.
1: Until. Like a, yeah, just a very eclectic sort of a thing. Like you, So he you did all these things. And at one point, I like picked up this flute that I saw. Like I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. He's like, I have never been able to make a noise out of that thing. And if you can make a noise out of it, you can have it. And I fiddled with it for a bit. And I was able to make a noise out of it. He's like, yeah, you can have it. Take it. <laughs> uh, but as, as you can see, I, it didn't. I still didn't learn how to make a noise out of it. But it's a nice-looking object. So, I, we like, heard the noise. Point, yeah, we all heard okay the noise.
0: Have. That's very cool. And it was, the you know, the price is right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: well that's pretty sweet christmas uh stocking stuffer and uh just a freebie so yes. it seems to me like you should be a, have acquired way more fun things to grab off the wall at this point
1: i You're, mean no there are some other stuff there's like a like a guitar i got a ukulele here i've got all my bases that's what uh, i was picturing an, uh, there's an yes. upright bass i got this piano i've got a drum kit over there like mm-hmm. there's stuff in my room, that's not, that's
0: what we wanted to hear yeah. to fill out the space yeah, yeah guitars yeah. on the wall
1: It's not full of, like, quirky stuff. You know, I don't have, like, a hurdy-gurdy.
0: Ah, no weirdo. There's no zither. Um, What about, Mm -hmm. oh, the...
1: um... dulcimer and all these things. (laughs)
0: What's my, uh, what's the beat, what's the vibration ones?
1: It's theremin. Oh, there, I do have a theremin, though. That's in the garage. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ain't, you're, not, you're not cool unless you've got a theremin. Is it like one of well, those the, new theremin's I've no, seen? No,
1: it's, um, it's an older one. And it's actually the story behind that one. I probably shouldn't say this if you're recording it. But the story behind that one is it, it belonged to a friend of mine. And I wanted to borrow it. And I said, hey, man, he didn't have a power supply for it. So he was like, you know, he couldn't even use it. I wanted to borrow it. And I said, hey, I'm stealing your theremin. <laughs> and then I just did, if and that you're was stealing like it, years ago. And he's never asked for it back, <laughs> and he just kind of forgot that it even existed. So I basically, well, it's if an you're, an you're an listening, it's still yeah, it
0: exactly. It's still in good hands. We know where it is. It's well, not because I
1: bought a new power supply for it, so I already feel like I contributed to its uh, you know, existence. Plus, we all know about
0: ownership but. and what percentage different things uh, of ownership is. Uh, I guess you're you're currently in the United
1: States. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I'm in California. In sunny California. What's it like yeah. there today? How's the temps?
1: Yeah, it's exactly what is sunny. It's, it's <laughs> just, about 75 degrees oh, and sunny. Just sunny With in a, mid-70s. Maybe a little less than 75, a little less. Yeah,
0: 72 and sunny. Yeah. Just loving it. Oh, man, that was Perfect. the best. Yeah, I, I lived in California ever so briefly in Palm Springs, so a little bit warmer. Um, but, yeah, that's just the best. Just nice every day. Mm-hmm. it really is
1: and you kind of do take it for granted a little bit you don't mean to yeah but everybody while, there you just sort of take it for granted it's like, like on like the it.
0: three rainy days we had like for for how much people freak out when it's raining you should be you should be thank more thankful for your 90 percent <laughs> nice sunny days
1: yeah pretty much and, and yeah you will get those rain like that's always great too but you know it's uh the only the only weird thing about the great weather of California Southern California especially I find is that it does create for me a sense of a feeling of failure if I didn't go out and enjoy it every single day. Mm. Like if I sit inside doing anything, I feel like I've wasted my day even if I was doing productive things. Like even right. if I was doing useful, you know, business or whatever, mm-hmm. I still feel bad if I didn't get outside to like enjoy the sunshine. Yes. I, I don't feel like you have that pressure <laughs> no. in, in places with, that don't have that.
0: Especially if, like, it's March and the sun doesn't come out, and you are like, mm, it's gray. Eh, uh, yeah. It's, like, good to go outside. I know it's fine. But when you see that it's so windy and there's snow everywhere and it's all gray, it's just a little bit harder <laughs> to go out. So uh, where are you at? I mean, uh, southern Ontario, Canada. So Hamilton is the city. Um, nearby, nearby to Toronto I would would better. Than
1: All right, so so Toronto. it is Toronto. See, because I my whole <laughs> life I've been saying Toronto.
0: Yeah, that's how we know that you're not from Toronto.
1: Right, and I only just recently learned that that's like that. It's a big red flag. <laughs> it's like, that's like a, like a, thing. a blaring. Thing yeah, that, like, I had no idea. I was just like Toronto. That's a, that's what it's called. But yep. I only just I mean, very recently learned like what a couple months called. ago.
0: But I guess, but you know, true. it's a thing like where you have to, if you have to say it all the time, you can just drop that extra, you just drop that second T. Yeah. Toronto. I suppose. Toronto. I suppose. Toronto. Speaking yeah. I Toronto. mean, I did
1: hear someone say Toronto recently, though, and I felt very vindicated because I feel like maybe they, maybe they were Canadian or something. Maybe they were joking. I don't know. But, but they even said Canadian, way, like, like, you could can be just Canadian. For a second. <laughs> you can it's be like, Canadian. I'm not totally crazy.
0: You can be Canadian and say Toronto. Like, if you're from, uh, vancouver they don't, they don't you're take, from your winnipeg the like
1: away like no
0: but but okay. the people in toronto know that you're not from toronto they know you're from fair enough squamish yeah. or whatever <laughs> what are some other you're from charlottesville mm. have you have you ever visited uh canada have you ever visited um up north
1: I have been to Canada a couple of times. I've been to Toronto a couple. Of, I see. I can't not say it that way. I'm sorry. Well, that's
0: how it's spelled um, on paper. Yeah,
1: I can't not say. It. I've been there a couple of times. I've been there, uh, and I've been to. Um, I went out to New Brunswick one time in Nova ah, Scotia. The one time. East Coast. Yeah, Like that's nice. All the way further than the U.S. even goes.
0: Yeah, way out there. Um, I've never been to the East Coast, but it's definitely on my list. My wife is dying to go. Her parents go like every year to visit their friends. Or they did. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's really just, like, different, more chill way of life. Um, It's really different out there that I I hear, right? I'd love to go check it out myself. What was your experience?
1: I dug it. I thought it was really cool. I mean, mean, Halifax is, like, a really interesting thing. Because you wouldn't expect it to be as interesting as it is, I think, because it feels so remote. And yet it's, like, a pretty cool city. Like, it's got a lot of stuff going for it. And I was surprised to learn that there was apparently at some and maybe still to this day uh a lot of like television production out there or a lot of just video production out there Yeah, like it, that was one of its major industries oh for sure yeah and i was also surprised to learn that the town exploded that one time
0: oh yeah yeah
1: the, uh, the the curse of the narrows or or whatever they call it with the the, the ship that blew up in the harbor yeah was full of we had a food. um
0: yeah, it was. I wish I <laughs> recalled uh, all the details at the moment. I should, because we had to watch this part of our heritage, um, uh, like it's like a heritage moment s- series of like a founding moments of our country. And in this in this moment, like this clip of the the Halifax explosion, it's like the the operator who's trying to like warn people in the city. He's using like the the Morse code. And he's like topping it out all frantically. He's like, we gotta, we gotta warn them. We gotta warn them. And then he looks up, and it like explodes. Oh man! And they're like, there was thirteen hundred souls lost that day, including Jim Smith, telegram operator. <laughs> like, oh no, he died
1: too. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's, a, yeah. When I was visiting there, the people who I was staying with gave me a book called *The Curse of the Narrows. It's all about that event, and I read it on the plane back most of it anyway, but that was several years back, I don't remember many of the details other than, I mean, just the story itself. It's just It's so wild to think, to think that such a thing could happen.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a... Th- that, those straits are deadly.
1: And then I was also surprised, and I guess, I, maybe, I don't remember if this is related or not, but there's the cannons that go off in, Toron- in Halifax. I almost said Toronto again. In Halifax, there's like a cannon that goes off Okay, and, and like midday, and I, it might be related to that. It might not be, but it's just a cannon that explodes in midday. They just like, keep it,
0: they keep firing this cannon.
1: Yeah, like it's like it's it signifies something. I just don't remember what it is. It's been a while. I'm sorry, Halifax. It's been a while.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Citadel Hill. Uh, <laughs> sure, fire off some cannons. Yeah, I need to get out there. I need to learn all of this East Coast history. I just need to do it. Um so Toronto and East Coast, I've never been to the West Coast. It's just right up the street.
1: Just I know, up. relatively speaking. I've actually never been to Vancouver. Uh, I'd like to have been. I lived in uh, Washington State for a little while. Oh, It's um, basically the same. <laughs> yeah, like the vibe I feel is pretty similar. But it yeah. was one of those things that I just, it was always in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, we should take a trip up to Canada. But we never did. So, so. easy,
0: just pop right over, head yeah. up to Whistler,
1: <laughs> head some, see the mountain some friends who do live there or they maybe they've moved now, but they did live there. But again, just so many things you want to do that you just don't end up doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did hear that, um, the, uh, they're outside of Vancouver, Vancouver Island, right. Is apparently the largest concentration of mountain lions in North America on Vancouver Island. Like, Oh, so for acreage or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. I don't know what, but I don't know why, by what metric, if it's total or, you know, per capita i guess <laughs> yeah it could be yeah <laughs> per per, capita it could lines. be per space like yeah. per kilometer per square i kilometer. think vancouver island holds that record or it's close you know then maybe it's just in the top three or something. and that's uh, relevant to me because i do like uh the wildlife stuff okay so you're an outdoors bit of an outdoorsman Yeah, I actually kind of just, while I was saying that, I forgot that we know each other through Twitter. I don't think you know my Instagram at all, but my Instagram is a completely different persona. That's where I uh, (laughs) post wildlife photography that I do. And um, including down here uh, in the Santa Monica Mountains, I had remote cameras. Like trigger cameras set up that I was capturing photos of, like bobcats and mountain lions and foxes and coyotes and stuff like that.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So then, do you um, what do you do with that? Those pictures, you have the, like a website or you?
1: Well, Instagram. Them on, I just kind of put them on Instagram. You just put you them know?
0: on Instagram for everyone to look at for free.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like high quality guitar. It's like these these cameras are just kind of like right. Those are like more, hunting
0: cameras, kind of thing. Yeah, right, those hunting it?
1: cameras. Yeah, they're not very high quality. It's more just just like like capturing of the moment. Just yeah, like, it's oh, just kind of cool. Saw you, you walked by my camera. Yeah, and sometimes people would walk by the camera. Oh, cameras. true. Probably, I did this for like three or four years, and um, some like probably a dozen or so people. I'd get people's feet. Sometimes they'd pick up the camera. <laughs> yeah, and I'd get a photo of their like curious, like what is uh, this like, what expression
0: flash like, right in your face. I guess it doesn't the, really make a flash, but...
1: <laughs> the, the funny one was that one time I went up there and my camera was missing, and I always thought that, that might be a risk. You know, yeah. one day someone might just take it. if They'll find it and take it. And, I you know, I would tuck them away. like They weren't just out in the open, but mm-hmm. one time I went up and it was gone. And I was like, oh, it's just the day that it's finally been taken. And I did have my phone number inside it and I had a little note, because I had a permit from the Parks Department kind of letting me do it. So I had a little note just explaining what it was. Um, but... I then checked the second camera. So I had three total, and I checked the second camera, and I had them positioned in such a way that if a mountain lion came by, I would be able to see like point A, B, C, oh, like nice. where it was going. And I checked the second camera, and and on that camera, I saw a photo of a park ranger holding my walking out with my camera, and wow. then later that afternoon, he called me, and and he just he was not in the loop. Like I would, I had oh, on yeah. the one. There's like two different uh, like sides of the agency and i've been talking to one side and not his side so they just needed to be on the same page that i was allowed to do it um but it was just really funny i thought just like you know to see on my other like he got my one camera but he didn't didn't get my other camera yeah
0: well good high good good camera hiding two out of three (laughs) um so yeah they just need to talk to each other more those rangers
1: and then uh, one time the camera was gone and I found it and I was, again again got the same thing. I'm just like, oh, well, I guess that's that. But then um, I went further on my hike and then I found it just laying in the dirt and like a couple of hundred yards away. And then when I checked that footage, it was because literally a mountain lion picked it up and walked with it and dropped Whoa, it again. Oh, yeah, that's a jackpot. Yeah. So I got a whole sequence of like really blurry, awful photos of mm. it, like just randomly taking shots. But yeah. the best one is that while it was falling... It managed to catch like just like the tip of the guy of the the guys, like uh, part of its arm or something like that. So you can see the fuzzy arm like in the black. It's pretty neat. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and and you got your camera back and no one took it. Yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, there was a massive fire a couple years ago in 2018. Basically, the entire Santa Monica Mountain Range burned, and just by random happenstance, I, I didn't have my cameras out that day. So I have oh, they wow. survived the fire just because I, for whatever reason, brought them in.
0: Lucky. So. Lucky me. Yeah, very lucky, yeah. and that's good. Yeah, so I you still have that. them. So you, um, you gonna like put them back out next season
1: or whatever? I don't know because ever since the fire, I mean, yeah, maybe I, maybe I'm ready to now. Find a but new Since spot. the fire, that really did uh, you know nuke a lot of the wild wildlife sure. out there basically, yeah. and it changed it so much that it's harder to hide them now and just. But yeah, it would be worth doing. Now that it's been some years, like and stuff's starting to come back, it'd be worth doing to see what's still around. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty neat. So, what other outdoor stuff are you into, um, other than wildlife? You get up uh, doing any sporting stuff out there, like other than hiking?
1: No, I mean really just hiking, uh, backpacking, and you know I I don't go backpacking here, but out in the uh, Sierra mountain range, which is all like you know eleven thousand feet, twelve thousand feet. I go there a couple times a year for backpacking. And the current project right now is that I'm trying to learn how to surfboard. But, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's it's kind of like I haven't yet. I, I got a wetsuit, but I don't have a board yet. So I got to get the board before gotta I can get actually. get
0: a board. You got to get wax, my guy. Yeah. You got to get, get the scraper. Gotta get all the gear,
1: and then you got to go down. Like, the hardest part is you got to then go to a break, a, like a surf spot. And you have to deal with other surfers who don't want you there. Oh, you're a beginner, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? like they don't want like they don't want beginners cuz beginners just take up space. So like you got to find a way to like get there and have fun without getting in other people's way. And I don't know, but I just figured, you know, I'm 35 years old, been living in Southern California pretty much my whole life, and I've never been a surfer. So, I'm bored. I want to do something, you know.
0: Yeah, it's the perfect time and place to do it. Pretty point those are your it's point break years.
1: That's the point. Yeah, that's that's the hope anyway. Yeah, when maybe, I'll, maybe I'll break my back or something.
0: <laughs> I hope not. <laughs>
1: I hope not either. But
0: well, yeah, you know. can start with like a boogie board or whatever, right? Isn't there like a is there some sort of escalating scale like you know training wheels or something with surfing? Because I'm all yeah. Well, I would have liked that's... to do surfing too, but um, my balance is not quite there yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, there. That's kind of like the first board that like you intend to get. It's like a. It's basically a. a, a basically a boogie board shaped like a surfboard they call it a soft top so it's like soft it is a foam soft board that you can like it's more buoyant it's easier to to learn on right but you're just gonna sk- you're gonna skip that like yeah no no come I'm on, gonna, i think i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna start there no, yeah grab a soft there, top
0: yeah. grab a soft top then yeah you do that running into the shallow surf or whatever and you can keep keep yourself propelled on those little waves
1: whatever you do i mean that's the other Problem that, that I'm only just learning now that the surf out here is actually like not that beginner friendly where I live. Mm. So it's I don't know. We'll figure it out. I hope so. Just skip ahead to just grab a big board, <laughs> just go out there. That's the th- weird thing about it. Like it really for some reason, and it's probably the beach boy, the Beach Boys' fault. But for some reason, there's like the the inst- the the vibe to want to go surfing is exactly that. Just like oh, just go do it yeah. without without thinking and yet it's actually a difficult sport that you do want to think about so yeah no it's
0: it's no wonder that the people who do it are like super specific type like everybody who does it is super ripped and it looks like they do it quite a lot (laughs) like the people who are out there doing it aren't like schlubby
1: people (laughs) it's like yeah and i think also why the culture is so like insular you know exactly yeah yeah you have to it's hard it's hard to be a casual surfer there's no
0: casual yeah you have to like well you have to like put in your time you have to grind it out you have to get yellow chased off of the good beaches (laughs) a bunch so
1: i don't know who knows i have yet to do it so it's not the greatest story because it's just like i might do this thing in a couple weeks all right well that
0: sounds like a great thing that we can follow up on in a future
1: episode it's definitely uh, not the most exciting thing to to say you might be doing something rather than you have done something.
0: Definitely might be hitting the biggest <laughs> waves of all time. Blah, blah, blah. All right, very cool. Actually, did I even introduce you the, this week's guest? It's, yeah, I mean, I,
1: have we already started? I don't even know. We're just talking, right? So,
0: yeah, we started. We I had mark mayer in these new episodes, uh, or, or I don't know. If mark mayer does does that, but. Um, Just smoothly, just, we're just going, it's just a pod. I used to um, have it pretty formatted, where it would be like, the beginning is your introduction, and then we talk about Twitter and jokes, and maybe I read some of your tweets, and then we answer questions submitted by friends um, on Twitter, and it's a whole thing. It was so much to do. <laughs> so now it's yeah. more of just a chill, just ev- like every other podcast, just a couple of dudes <laughs> just talking, but that's how it is,
1: you know? I, I agree. I mean, sure. <laughs> <Of> <laughs> that's course, right. Why you, not? You have to agree. So yeah. this week's guest definitely
0: agreeing. It's uh Kifo Nielsen. Did I say that correctly?
1: Yeah, that's my name.
0: It's Kifo Nielsen. Very cool and fun name. Kifo... It's like Keith, and then an O. What's uh? So what are your what are some fun nicknames? <laughs> it's like a fun name. Uh, I, well, I'm having fun with it.
1: I mean, well, that actually is kind of a nickname. My my first name is actually Keith, um, but my middle name is O. So I just sort of smush them together for Keith. O. I
0: get it. So yeah. the nickname became your n- main moniker.
1: Yeah, the idea behind it was sort of that it's sort of whenever I say Keith, people think I say Keith, like with a th. So by saying Kifo. It just it, it, it it's more informative and it's easier and a little bit more memorable and I prefer it generally, so Right. Yeah,
0: it's like Steve O. That yeah, famous a bit, guy yeah. a little bit uh distinguish yourself, normal name, now boom, you're Steve O.
1: Yeah. Steve O. W. Skinner.
0: <laughs> yep, that's a, yeah. I, I went through a little Steve O. phase, and then my brother still calls me Steve O. sometimes. I thought you were
1: about to say then your brother's also named Steve, and I was. <laughs> my sorry. brother's
0: name is Gordo. Gordo
1: is what Gordo. they call
0: him. Yeah, Gordo.
1: Okay, so yeah, there's something to those O nicknames just in general. I feel it, that it, it is flows
0: a, pretty. It flows pretty nice. Flows pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, and if you take the F O. and then the first two letters of your last name.
1: Uh, if I do that, what it would be phony? Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Well, that does reveal that you know the key phone name might be a little phony. So, that oh, that's
0: right. the secret, it's that's hidden secret. in plain yep. sight. Easter egg yep. told for all the listeners now, so very cool. All right, so, um, let's get to your story. This is the Mark Marin part. Who are your guys? Where'd you grow up? Now you're in California. Were you always there? Take us through it, uh, yes. Born and raised in California.
1: Moving on. (laughs) So you're born and raised in California, and now you're now
0: you're still here, still there. Yeah,
1: uh, pretty much. I was technically born in New York State. Um, I was there until I was about two or something like that. Then the family moved back to California.
0: But you don't remember that time.
1: Yeah, I don't know that it counts. (laughs) I mean, I've pretty much lived in Southern California my whole life. So
0: well, that's pretty chill. It's like super chill, dude. You feel like. uh, A Southern California dude?
1: I don't know. Do I sound like a
0: Southern California dude? Yeah. Do I have a little bit of that inflection? Just a little bit um, of the Southern California vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I can pick it up. Sometimes,
1: sometimes I, you know.
0: If you start talking about directions, we'll be on that SNL sketch. sketch. The Californians.
1: The the 101 to the 405. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so, yeah, living in California, growing up. So now, what, what do you do out there?
1: What are you doing? Well, I mean, recently, no one's doing anything, right? Because the whole pandemic.
0: Oh, right. yep, sorry, I forgot to mention, elephant yeah. in the room, global pandemic yep, at the time yep, of this yep. recording, currently in our month 15, 14, 15 of the, of the declared pandemic. I mean, it kind of popped off in December. We didn't really no but then january february things started to heat up 2020 and then in march that's when they're like oh yeah everyone things are different now (laughs) so yeah so how did it go for you mart how did it how did all the uh how did the pandemic play out so far? So far, uh, still healthy uh, and good? No COVID-19 infection?
1: Yeah, I'm totally fine. Uh, and That's I got good. fully vaccinated recently. So Wow, like, congratulations. Happy about that. My is all vaccinated. Oh, amazing. Good. That's great. Uh, it feels like it's almost over. It probably isn't actually almost over. Mm-hmm. There's probably still some months to go, but it's starting to feel more normal, which is good. Uh, but yeah, just to go back to what you were saying, what I do, I am a musician uh, by training and by trade. I play music <laughs> where, wherever and however I can. By training and by trade. So what was the training? Uh, I did, uh, well, I went to the Berkeley College of Music, but only for a little while. And then other than that, I've just mostly self-taught, to be fair. But I've had, you know, a handful of teachers over the years as well.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. So you, uh, like, took a couple years, or you took a year and a uh, bit
1: at... And just, like, learned what learning about music is like. <laughs> yeah, more or less. And then, of course, like I, I mentioned, like, I went to a pretty strange high school. One of the things that made it pretty strange was that it's... A friend of mine put it, like, it's music program was kind of like the sports program of your of a typical high school, and our sports program was just really terrible. But, like, the music was, like, the main event. We put on these big concerts, and, like, right. people from town would come to see them and stuff. And mm-hmm uh so that was also kind of like a proto college experience in a lot of ways yeah so more uh, of like, I a was like a performing arts
0: focused high school where they put a lot of resources into the to the music side
1: yeah and doing it in a way that was very contemporary and very cool like just to to give the students a lot of opportunity to just like be performing and playing a lot which was really cool and not every uh, school kind of does it that way so
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah especially if uh, they, they have more contemporary sort of setups like with guitar players playing like electric guitar and it's not just like trumpets and <laughs> trombones yeah, or whatever not just like band and instruments, timpanis. yeah, yeah like...
1: so th- and that's really what it was is we just had like a band you know with i was playing bass and there was guitars and singers and drums and all this there were you know some horn players as well, but playing contemporary music, so
0: yeah that's the goods that's the good kind of high school band, like our high school band was somewhere in the middle like they're pretty we're pretty good um a very band focused high school, um not too many other sports to speak of, like no football team or anything, so they're just like, yeah band is our thing, and like they yeah they sent them to all these competitions and uh and stuff all around the. The world and they did fine, and they win ribbons and whatever, so that's good. Like, it's good when the school, you know, focuses on a thing. So, those kids got a great start, so they could have probably pursued it. A lot of them actually shout out to Taylor Knox, a graduate of Aurora High, great musician, was in bands back then, and now a solo musician around Toronto and southern Ontario. Check him out on Spotify. That's a good shout out. Oh, you know who played. You know who played in Taylor Knox's touring band? Robin Hatch. mutual oh, yeah, Robin Hatch. Mutual follower, I think, yeah. of ours. I just noticed that because I, I checked I to see her. I want her to
1: play in one of my touring bands one of these days, if I should ever have one. Oh, she's so good. That's huge. Yeah, she's, she's very cool. She's um, so good. I mean, I think she's also really in demand just in general whenever there are touring bands to go around, but... Right, I would just shout that out. And That's say true. It. Yeah, super, you got to put it out there in the
0: brilliant. universe, and maybe yeah. well, maybe friends of the show can make it happen. It'd be very cool. Um, yeah, cause she was uh, not to make this the Robin Hatch show, but she I was... mean,
1: it kind of should be the. Ro- <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. She's a little bit more interesting than I am. Well, a lot a bit more. <laughs> well,
0: interesting than we'll than, see. But... Um, yeah, so she she was in Taylor Knox's band, bringing all the way back. She just performed. Uh, she just did like a residency at this crazy Tonto machine, like crazy synthesizer. See,
1: Tonto, not Tonto.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. That's a great riff. That's a great pullback. Uh, everyone should, should be laughing at
1: home right now because
0: the machine is Tonto. Yeah, yeah, get it. Great job, Kifo. Yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, yeah, so, anyways, uh, <laughs> how do I cycle all the way back? Aurora High School, musicians, Taylor Knox. We did it. Woo! Oof. So, you're a musician. What is it like? Pro musician life. What are some of the coolest things? Do you have any gnarly tour stories? Hit us up. Name drop uh, some. Uh, yeah, the
1: name drop, the cool thing I've done uh, with my career, the one cool thing, I don't know, I've done more than one cool thing, maybe, hopefully, but the, the big high-profile gig I had was playing bass for Glen Campbell. Glen the uh, country legend. Glen Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Oof. And so that you were was some his... years ago at this point. The right. time is gone and stretched away he's no longer with us and uh but it was still the high point of you know being a so-called pro i guess if, if you can call me that but yeah. being on a real legit tour uh, playing bass there was really great
0: pretty sure if you're supporting yourself um with your music that's what i that's what i say it's uh then that's what you can do it call yourself a professional and glenn gamble very cool so you're bopping it out to rhinestone
1: cowboy yeah, yeah, and Wichita Lineman, and... Uh, oh, yeah! Every time I get to Phoenix, and all these great tunes.
0: And that's really cool, and so, and, like, people, obviously, losing it, loving it, like, the people showing up, like, you can't, at that point, it's, like, just, like, uh, you're seeing, like, a legend.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was really, yeah, it was a really uh, singularly very cool experience, very unique, uh, special experience. Like, I don't know if you know the whole, kind of, story behind that tour at all, if you've heard... But that was actually what brought me to Toronto. In fact I can get into that. Right? Yeah, yes. Let's hear it. Is that he um he had Alzheimer's and this final tour was sort of like it was a way to keep him happy and healthy because being on the road, being in that structure for surrounded by family and friends like yeah uh his kids were in the band and his wife was with us and a lot of most of the personnel was people he'd known for 20 30 years Mm -hmm. and just that environment was really comfortable for him right and it was really good for him to be out there like when he was out there he was always really just like in good spirits and he was performing really well and just everything was great but it was a it was a something to be managed too it was a bit of a balancing act you know because because of the alzheimer's things could go awry here and there and they had to steer it back in a comfortable way and keep him healthy keep him happy and um, basically, the Toronto show was the first show I ever did with them, and it was because they had a previous bass player who was fantastic, really was doing everything great, and, um, but he was uh, um, n- a, <laughs> well, I almost said Swedish, he was Norwegian uh, national, and he didn't have a passport to go to Canada, and oh, he no. couldn't get one in time. I think, I think that's what happened. I, yeah. there, was a, there was a hiccup with a him getting a to that little bit snafu in Steps so Can just, anyone play
0: bass? Does well, anyone know Right Stone Cowboy yeah, on base?
1: bass? Pretty much. But I, I I'd known the family uh, prior to that, and we'd been, you know, hanging out with his kids and stuff. And I'd been hanging out with his kids, and basically, yeah, they were like, well, we need a bass player in a pinch, and we know Kifo can do it, so let's get him on, and he can come to Canada. And we did that show, and then we went to New Brunswick, and we did a show there. And it was the uh, C- uh, CNE Fest, I think it's called. Yeah,
0: yeah, the, you know, the, the Canadian S- National Exhibition.
1: Yeah, CNE Fest. I, just I still CNA. have a little water bottle it's that they gave me. It's just CNE. Okay, just CNE. Yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense. It might be a little redundant to say ex- <laughs> Exhibition Fest, right? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was really uh, just, that was the first show I did with them, and it, it just sort of was, you know, but then the, the full-time bass player came back and continued on with the tour right. for no- another few months, and then uh, essentially what happened there was... Um, through no fault of his own, Glenn, and this is kind of an expression of the Alzheimer's, Glenn started to kind of pick on him. It was weird, but he just sort of would be like, for some reason, just the base and that situation, he was just like, he just didn't like it anymore. He just was upset by it. And it was really weird because it's like he was doing everything right. You know, it was completely kind of, it was the disease more than anything. Man, but yeah, eventually it that... got to a point where it was starting to derail the shows a little bit. Yeah. So they said, well, let's try something else. Make a change. And at that point... They had already, you know, known me, and I, they'd already seen that I could do it, and so they they brought me on and did like sixty shows or something. Wow! Over over the course of like a year, and it was really good. They all, almost all of them went really well, and yeah, it was it was solid. And
0: then you locked in those chops, like those hours of touring, where you're getting you're getting in the van, or I don't know what the setup is. I would like was. to
1: think so. I mean, that's the only real high-profile tour I've done. Everything else has been playing locally or putting together my own shows or playing sessions or just smaller-scale things. Okay, yeah. So I would like to think so, but I just haven't really had the opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, to come up. So.
0: And nowadays, maybe shifting to that kind of stuff is even better. I mean, it could be now is, like, the boom time for more of that than, I mean, performing sort of dried up. It's going to boomerang back. So, I think the opportunities (laughs) when uh, things really open up. So, get your chops tight. Start writing that next EP. Start tinkering away.
1: Or just start trying to surfboard. Well, you can write
0: uh, write a sweet surfing EP. Yeah, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like how hard it is to scrape the wax. These are just ideas for songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just writing them down. (laughs) I know you probably have like a whiteboard there. You're just like... Got that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so doing musician stuff, no gnarly tour stories really. I mean, that was a pretty cool tour story. I mean
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, and there's some there's some fun stories within that, but that's just sort of the whole you know, that was just the the, the one cool thing I've done. That's the headline, that's
0: the lead, that's the yeah. main uh, main story. Um so bass. Why bass? Do you did gravitate towards bass or are you like a multi instrumentalist? You consider yourself a multi instrumentalist and not really I- Bass. yeah i mean i
1: I consider myself a bass player i can i could play some piano i could play some drums or whatever but i really consider myself a bass player primarily and mm,
0: you can play uh, piano way eh?
1: <laughs> that's piano right he takes the cue folks yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had to like stretch awkwardly to do that and then i just realized it's funnier if i just hit notes so
0: doubly good <laughs> he hit the cue and added it a to c played it bad <laughs>
1: uh but you know like just uh uh bass was cool that's really all it was i mean this was back in like middle school probably i was like 11 or 12 years old and i was playing at the time in the school band like saxophone and a trumpet and some you know band instruments yeah and at some point i got a friend and he was like you know i think i want to play bass and i was like yeah bass is kind of cool so we both picked up the bass around the same time and we were taking lessons from the same guy at the same music store for like, oh, you know, that's know, just one
0: year. So you had a friend, you guys could both like bass it yeah, out kind of dueling bases.
1: Yeah, kind of benchmark off of each other. And after maybe, you know, the first year of that, it kind of, I just took to it really well. And and I think having that friend also informed it because I was outpacing him, like just for whatever reason. Yeah, you saw your progress
0: uh, versus their progress.
1: Yeah, and I just felt like it was just... it just felt right to play the bass it just was a really good instrument for me and i enjoyed it and i was enjoyed learning about it and just yeah. challenging it mm-hmm.
0: well, i think and musician musical people who maybe are more rhythmic uh will, will gravitate towards the rhythm more rhythmic instruments either drums or bass or whatever different percussions but then other <laughs> it's people gravitate to other uh lead guitar or like other instruments like saxophone everyone wanted to play saxophone
1: i remember like, saxophone's very yeah. cool,
0: but, it, like, it really is very specific.
1: <laughs> well, that might have had something to do with, like, you know, the mid-late 90s, like, ska revival and stuff. It like could the swing have been. Revival.
0: It could have been that. Swing and ska, they was, those were huge.
1: Yeah. I yeah. was definitely into that stuff when I was I really was in got school. into it.
0: I really got into that swing stuff. Oh, Those Gap commercials really got me. <laughs> Remember those Gap commercials? Uh what was it? They, Louis Prima. They, re, they yeah. revamped it. I'm like, oh, man, Louis Prima's my shit now.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Just all of a sudden, uh, huge into um, swing music. And Le- then you took to the internet and went to the comment board and said, I'm 14 and I like Louis Prima. <laughs> yeah. I'm jumping, I don't like Green Day. I like Louis Prima. <laughs>
0: jumping, jiving, and wailing over here. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here with your long view. That's a sick bass riff. So, what are your, some of your favorite bass riffs? What got you hooked? What, what was your first bass riff that you're like nailed it and felt great about
1: it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I like early on, I was really big into Primus. You remember Primus? Oh, yeah, yeah. Winona's big brown Beaver. That's some yeah, hard shit. That's like that was just like you super know, was hard like rock music, but it was bass rock music. So it's all like, bass centered, right? Wanted, yeah, yeah. And um, he's
0: um he's like a super. It's like slappy, super slap pop, weird, right? Like FX on it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot
0: of weird. Yeah, he had
1: the he had that six string fretless <laughs> bass that he would oh yeah man that guy was that nuts. Stuff on. What
0: was that? What was that guy's name? Uh, Les Claypool. Claypool, yeah, he is he is one of the best, one of well, like, like the I top had, I... bass guys. When you when I think you think about bass,
1: if I grab my bass, oh yeah, cool. that's like Bo- one of those primers. <laughs> yeah I don't, really, don't really remember any of them anymore, but like i I definitely liked all that stuff uh, back in the day all that slap stuff and you know it's just i just learned
0: that that was only that was only invented in like the seventies or whatever with like the with that celebration
1: who was it yeah Larry Graham and uh Lewis Johnson are kind of the crazy yeah, yeah. the, the originators of it and yeah the 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 story I've heard I don't know i mean it's something like I guess they were playing in church and they didn't have a drummer, so they just needed more yeah. percussive.
0: They needed it up, and he was playing the drums as the bass. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's a cool... It's a, and, they, you know, we joke about the whole slap the bass, slap the bass, but, like, it's a cool sound. That was sound. a crazy,
0: game-changing thing it's for fun. the instrument. Like
1: I, oh, I'm yeah. an advocate for it. I think that it gets unfairly, like, kind of shuttled away, but I think it's a lot of fun.
0: I think it's definitely, like, a tool that can be inter- dropped in at a moment's notice, and all, like, the best people can just, like throw a little slap throw a little pop in it and it doesn't have to be the whole thing (laughs) you know like you can really add a add a extra flair but it also can be the whole thing
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that's 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 it and you know uh, another big bass hero of mine of course is victor wooten and victor wooten has a whole thing where he talks about like it's just a way to strike the strings you know you can strike the string however you want and Mm if you kind of think of it that way it's not in the box of oh i'm playing slap now i'm playing this now you know, I'm doing a double thumb now. It's just it's right. just a way to strike the strings. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's all just sound wiggling. It's all just air just, wiggling. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just air wiggling. Friggin' air.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Feels like we're just uh <laughs> transitioned to a different Seinfeld scene.
1: Well, so that's right, because the, the Seinfeld thing, like that, yeah. So, it, that's, of, that's Does it make what you I mad I that about. it's like, a keys? Like, keys keyboard. Just, that weird, you know, <laughs> associations with it. You hear and you're just like, ah, Seinfeld. Ah, you know.
0: It got but, co-opted, even though, like I said, it's like a, it's a synth, right? <laughs> the just like, it is, yeah.
1: All that was keyboard stuff.
0: Like you can't really play it. Like, I mean, you could, but this guy's just dropping in on the keys.
1: Yeah, and I'm not even gonna embarrass myself by thinking I know how to play it because I don't. But, yeah, whatever.:
0: <laughs> So what is your when when you drop into guitar center, grab that fresh, most expensive bass off the wall, plug in, turn it way
1: up, what would you play?: <laughs> Oh, and I like want to like show off?
0: Yeah, show off or like what's your favorite like warm- up not warm up, but like you know, when you're ready to go, make sure you play that to make sure that you're tight.:
1: <laughs> Oh, I mean, Oh yeah. Like Victor Wooten. That's yeah, Victor it really Wooten. whips the llama's ass. Yeah, but really, though, I mean, I just don't go to Guitar Center because I, I right. got a bass already. And so. that's not
0: even a Canadian thing. I use that, uh, an American reference for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, where where would you go? Where would you go? Where's your Guitar Center? Yeah, that's a different
0: place. There's a place in Toronto called Steve's.
1: Hey! That's nice. Bringing it back.
0: Bring it back. Um, yeah. There is a place <laughs> that I'm forgetting. The place that I would always go to, and it's in everywhere in Toronto.
1: That's yeah, Steve's is fine. We St- can just go with that. Steve's is fine. Um,
0: yeah, it's a good one. Um, yeah, that's hey, great, great bass playing. That's very cool. I love, uh, I love having that <laughs> splashed in there. Make yeah, I figure you know, got a mixer, you gotta, got
1: to mix. Or you gotta, gotta mix. Use the mixer to mix things in.
0: It's very cool. You just like, yeah. You should be. You should be a guest on a podcast. Just add a add a little flair. I'm just like, okay. And now, and you're like, da, 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 da. just you just do the interstitials live. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Well, you know, I, the the thing is, I, I I have a fretless bass too, but it's it's two feet further to reach so right. I can't reach it right now. <laughs> yeah, I picture that you're like... it was closer, I would have grabbed that just one r- instead. Everything's just out of reach. Mm. Yeah, but...
0: Tantalizingly close, like that stand-up bass, and you're just
1: like, mm, can't yeah, quite reach that's, it. that's on the other side of the room. but
0: That's very cool, too, um, seeing the old stand-up bass. Um, I know um, our boys, uh, Canadian boys, Bare Naked Ladies, was the first time I was really introduced to the stand-up bass. Being just like just it's just the bass, but it's just he plays it. It's like a big it's like a big thing, and he stands it up and plays it. But it sounds in the music like a regular. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and you know we talk about slap bass, and actually, you know the the electric slap bass stuff that we we're talking about, Larry Graham and lewis Johnson. But the upright bass, there was a slap technique that dates back even further on on the upright bass. There, so there was kind of a precedent for slapping the upright bass. Um, that dates back, you know, 40s, 50s, or so, if not earlier. And it's kind of a different technique, but the concept has always kind of been there. Right, uh, it's to, still to that incorporate percussive, that rhythmic, that rhythm. extra percussive rhythmic element.
0: Because mm-hmm. then you get that low high or like that thumb, forefinger back and forth kind of thing, and it's like the bass snare.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you can fill it out and really make a cool, uh, cool vibe with it. Man, cool vibe um do you have the box do you have
0: the peruvian box i think that's my favorite thing oh, to yeah. ask people that if they have like musicians or whatever because i once saw a guy the first time i saw the guy the it was just like a guy with a box and a guitar player like a 12 string guitar player yeah the, the and, cajon yeah and yeah. um it was just really really cool to see but like all the different sounds that you can get out of that yeah,
1: I don't have one, but they are thing. they are quite neat. And I've seen the, like you can one like uh if you a cajon hack is to use a kick drum pedal as well, so mm-hmm. you can get like almost like you know a full kit type mm-hmm. of a vibe. Yes, so you can keep you know a little bit more normal, but that's a good one. Maybe I should look into getting one.
0: I would say if you're yeah like a pro, like music, instead of a, instead of an office chair, musicians.
1: just use that as your chair. Yeah,
0: it was like yeah, yeah. gym people use the ball. Yep. Musicians should use the uh oh, oh, oh.
1: Yeah. I think that's how you say it, Cajon. I mean I hope so. <laughs>
0: Otherwise the Cajon community gonna be up in arms over this episode.
1: Yep, yep, yep. yep. Well gonna, either way, they they are quite
0: cool though. They're very cool. You gotta check it. I just call it what do I call it, the Peruvian slap box. It's that's probably I think a,
1: you did say something like that. That's yeah,
0: uh disrespect well, <laughs> <the> term. The Peruvian <laughs>
1: slap box very well might have an urban dictionary definition that we don't want to find out. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it came up. It is cajon, C-A-J-O-N, slapbox cajon. Cajon is a box-shaped percussion instrument originally from Peru, played by slapping the front or rear faces with the hands, fingers, uh, or sometimes implements such as brushes, mallets, or sticks. Do you have a lot of brushes, mallets, and sticks over there?
1: I've got some uh, sticks. I have a a pack of drumsticks. No brushes, no mallets.
0: Oh, man, brushes are key. Just when you yeah. want to bring it down a bit for an acoustic session. That's when you want to have the <laughs> the brushes, right? That's what they tell me. <laughs> I love a good brush where they, they whip it out. They're just like, oh, this is going to get quiet. <laughs> All right. So I think we've covered most of the things on my bullet list. Um, oh,
1: it says here in your Twitter bio that you run a different account? Uh, Yeah, I co-run uh, the account for my dad's uh, sort of legacy page that we have set up for his music. Very cool. And what does that entail, like
0: running that, co-running uh, it's it? It's
1: mostly my sister who does most of the, the heavy lifting there, but mm-hmm. I check it and I contribute. You know, we, we, we have some, you know, me and my sisters and my brothers, we talk about what's going to go up there sometimes and workshop things and, you know. Refine things sometimes, but mostly I just keep an eye on it.
0: Okay, so it's you're like the bee checking person. Yeah, yeah. And what kind of stuff do you put out there? What do you? What kind of content are you um, promoting? And uh, are you, is it like? A, is it like a foundation? Do you have like a title? Do you, are you doing any work or something?
1: Uh, no, it's really just. I mean, we just bill it as the official account for the Harry Nelson Estate, and that's really just a way of uh, sharing stories and sharing the music and just stuff pertaining to my dad's career so like a recent post um that my sister put up was uh, a photo from 1940 of the apartment building that he lived in that he grew up in in uh brooklyn and that's just like you know like a cool old photo but she also um Uh, put next to it a photo that she took in brooklyn of that same building like five or six years ago so you know the kind of comparison there
0: man internet loves that stuff the before and after the where are they
1: now that this is what it was here it is now yeah so just just stuff you know that's great i think it might be interesting that fans of the music might like and um Yeah, yeah
0: very cool cool content um up over there
1: on that account and, and I it's guess, on Instagram, um, too, at Official Nielsen.
0: Official Nilsen, Not verified. Yeah. Hmm.
1: It's, <laughs> it, 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 so Twitter turned off their verification, Yeah, but Instagram verified us. So that's okay.
0: So as long as you link to the official Instagram from your official Twitter, that should cover that up. I guess so. I, I mean, should close the loop on if anyone is questioning whether yeah. or not you're officially the uh, estate.
1: I mean, it could be worse. It could say real estate. Official Nelson. <laughs> yeah.
0: Real official. <laughs> Underscore. Yeah. I never know what to do for my. Is, is mine going to be real Skinner Steven? I, or, I'm not sure about that. My legacy estate where they share all my old tweets.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something that's a very personal matter. You got to just kind of decide for yourself, I feel.
0: We'll look into it. I'll get my daughter on it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it for her to handle. Um. All right. So, what's next for Kifo? You don't know. Everything's quite up in the air at the moment.
1: <laughs> uh. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been you know hiatus limbo for the last year plus because of pandemic. I mean, prior to that, I was working on uh, concerts that I was putting out of some of my dad's material. Uh, the show, the point, or the, his record, the point. So the show was based around that record, and we we're putting together these shows and we we'd done like five of them and they'd all gone pretty well and we were just trying to build on that and book some more including was hoping to get on the east coast and do maybe new york or maybe toronto Mm -hmm. um, all the way up there Chicago, you know just get get out you know to another location and all that was kind of in development you know emails kind of just thinking about it but it all is on everything got
0: iced due Uh, to
1: next to that i play in a band called brother sister And that's not my actual brothers and sisters. It's just the name of the band. Uh, But that's a project from my friend Bobby Halverson. That's kind of his main thing. He writes the songs and he's the lead singer. I'm just the bass player. But we um, have been playing together now for almost three years. And it's really, really great music. I just really enjoy playing it a lot. And uh, we just put out a new video uh, for a new song. We've been recording stuff in our sort of bedroom setup. Really kind of DIY lo-fi way of doing it. Like our calling them our quarantine sessions and <laughs> yeah that's made, nice. We made a few of these. This is the 5th or 6th one. And um they're good. They're they're fun, you know, just uh just slap the videos together and make a cool song and I mean, yeah, that's what yeah. musicians do. That's what you're Absolute doing. Gratitude. Love to but hear it's it. It's Kind of the same thing with brothers sisters that we had, you know, shows on the books, and we we're slowly mm-hmm. trying to build our momentum. Like every band, you know, every band is trying to slowly build momentum yeah. as much as they can, and then Brutal. everything just gets suspended. So it's a little bit just sort of a weird yeah. uh, time right now. But
0: really sucks being one of those you just happen to be in one of those industries that just completely got slapped by this uh, yeah. specific type of emergency, global emergency. Like sorry, like other things are still going like people are still I mean, doing other yeah. stuff but just this one specific thing
1: yeah it's basically no like everyone's
0: agreeing that this is bad to do right now so yeah just like the worst yeah just a very unlucky thing as opposed to the very lucky thing like finding your camera it balances out yeah exactly um, <laughs> um so multiple you know, year global just, pandemic
1: yep and you know, can't complain really. It's once in a lifetime event. What you know, what can you do about that? Like, oh yeah. well, uh, it's just you know that feeling of you think you know you, you're trying to do some stuff. You're trying to you do had some plans. Plan trying, to do good, trying to have some plans. And <laughs> having that stuff suspended, it's just awkward. Yep. It's just a weird feeling, is all. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: at least it happened to every single person on the planet.
1: <laughs> kind of thing, like
0: these were all sort of. We can all complain to each other about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, they say, like, you know, when you're in your 30s, it's like the worst question that you want to be asked is, so what are you up to lately? And yes. <laughs> so now we have an excuse so we can just say, oh, well, you know, you know, everything's not working anymore. And they go, oh, yeah, it's cool. I get it. And it just totally lets you off the hook.
0: We're off the hook for this small talk for at least, yeah. I don't know, what, one or two more years. Let's, let's, leave. <laughs> yeah. let's leave that how you do. What are you up to off the table for till 2025?
1: Yeah, that's my plan anyway. All right, very cool.
0: So everyone should be following Kifo at Kifo Nelson on Twitter and on your Instagram that I didn't know about, obviously. Gotta go correct that. Yeah.
1: Follow you over there. On That's different. That's Samo underscore wild.
0: Samo underscore wild. Um, yeah, so for Santa Monica Mountains wildlife. Oh, I get it. Santa Monica. Yeah. Oh, look, I, it's coming up already on Pikuki. Which I think is a weird site that doubles people's Instagrams. It like, you know, creates a duplicate site
1: of I was not aware.
0: Yeah. It's I've I've recently found that out and it's weird. And there are websites that duplicate other websites. Like there's other there's like other websites that have like my tweets and my and and like the page and everything, but it's not Twitter. It's like some right. other page. Anyways.
1: Yeah, the internet was a mistake, wasn't it? Like, that's what <sighs> we're really getting around to, just understanding.
0: It's not a mistake. We're just in the era of, <laughs> look at these dumb idiots. They don't know how to use the internet, right? They haven't learned how to curate this <laughs> life-changing information. Like, all life-changing information is just out there. Like, we could find life-changing information right now, if we just knew how to do that, right? Like, Well,
1: it was fairly life-changing to find the name of the Peruvian Slapbox. I mean, I found that on.
0: within seconds. I found
1: it within live, seconds, yeah. and I can do that. that, that but how does that help life. me? <laughs> it helps the podcast. Yeah.
0: So we're getting there, is what I'm saying. And it only took us how many years of the internet to <laughs> be able to get that infrastructure in place. So hopefully my Maybe. daughter will be able to <laughs> figure it all out for me. <laughs> in the far future. All right. Now, Cajon, let's start to wrap it up. And, um, I guess, okay, I'll play the, the podcast theme, but maybe you could play your own podcast theme after. Uh, and we'll say our goodbyes.
1: Boom. All right. We'll say our goodbyes. Yeah.
0: So thanks so much for being on the podcast. you vote Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun to chat great chat and everyone go check him out and check out those pictures of santa monica wildlife see you next time <laughs> later well that's it i hope you enjoyed this week's episode with kifo what a nice bass man now go check out his performance Link in the show notes and of course give him a follow on twitter and on instagram those photographer photography is great now, if you're a new listener, well, thank you very much. You can check out all the past episodes. Just visit www.stevenwskinner.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Podverse. Remember, leave a rating and review uh, if you can. Follow at Pod on Twitter to find posts about the latest episodes. And go follow me on Twitter at SkinnerSteven. I got those jokes. Special thanks to Ruby Coast for this great music. Special thanks to Kyle I. Davidson for the great theme. And special thanks to you for listening. I am Stephen W. Skinner. Have a great one.